This episode of Landmine Radio is sponsored by Dittman Research. Do you know what the most valuable thing in the world is? High-quality information. Because high-quality information informs much better decision-making. Dittman Research has been providing high-quality information to Alaska's leading businesses, organizations, and campaigns for 50 years. Do you really know what Alaskans think about your company or your issue? How about your clients, your shareholders, or your employees? So stop fumbling around in the dark. Hire Dittman Research and find out what's really going on. DittmanResearch.com Okay, back here in studio with uh, Rob Couples from uh, Third Avenue. We're uh, excited to talk to you. We've actually met, I don't know, four or five years ago when we did our first kind of homelessness documentary, This is Anchorage. That was back in 2019. Has it been that long, 2019? That was the first one. Wow. And okay. then we did the second one in 2021. But we came across you. Um, you're part of this group called the Third Avenue Radicals. Yep, that's right. Yep, and formed, formed in 2018, summer of 2018. And, you know, obviously the homelessness problem is really worse this year, definitely visibly worse and probably just overall worse. But I kind of, we haven't talked for a while, but then I saw you started um, a month ago or so emailing the mayor, the assembly members about some developments over on, you have some cottages, some like Airbnb type things, right, over there? Right, yeah. So in, in 2017, um, I took over a longstanding family property. We've been there since 1950. So, we've, you know, the family's on this property on East 3rd Avenue. For, and it's 3rd, right by where the old Native Hospital was? Directly kind of, across. Like pit, pit yeah. printing. Yeah. And, exactly, yeah. right. So that's that's 3rd. Uh, the intersection is 3rd and Hyder from 3rd and Gamble, right? So we're, mm-hmm. we're, we're kind of, we, we own the entire, that, that half of the city block. So six lots um, from Hyder Street to Gamble Street. And in 2017, um, I took over the family property. It was, it was, you know, run down, needed, needed a lot of love, needed, needed new energy. And so I took over the family property, started renovating it, started investing pretty significant amount of money into the property and established a vacation rental business, um, with the, uh, apartment units that were there. And in the last six years, we've grown from a single unit to, uh, five units. We, uh, we've won awards, um, from, the Small Business Administration, we've run, won Excellence in Business Awards from uh, Anchorage Daily News over the years. Uh, so we've, we've been recognized as one of the, um, the top-performing Airbnb-based vacation rental businesses in Anchorage. And you guys are, I imagine, quite busy in the summertime with oh, yeah, tourism. We're, and we're, uh, yeah, we're complete, we completely sell out in the summer, and we do pretty well in the winter. And you, have a, and you also have a regular job. This is like, this is a business you run, but you also have a regular. Right. Yeah. So, so prior to 2017, I worked full time. I've, I've spent over 20, over 20 years in the engineering industry working as a structural designer. And so when I saw this opportunity and this need to uh, improve the, these, these family properties that had been handed down to my dad and then in turn handed down to me when he passed, um, I, I cut back my hours at my professional job. So now I, now I only do that part-time, 20 to 25 hours a week typically, but that's how my wife and I still, it provides our, our health insurance and things mm-hmm. like that, right? Because we need, we need some way to, to protect ourselves health-wise. But yeah, so I've, I've, been, I've, I've been working to try and strike this balance between uh, reinvesting in the, in, the, in the community and improve the community and build this business that will provide for my wife and I while also maintaining... Um, you know the day job, and it's 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 very difficult. It's a pretty significant so, workload. So when when you were first, I mean, you you know been in the family a long time, but there was also you know there's always been kind of tents over there across the street. 
um, did it start to get worse? So, or was it just always there? And then, because I know when we did our first video, we talked to you and we talked to John at PIP and some other people down there that had dealt with like the, you know, there was like the bean, the brother Francis and beans. Mm. And then that spilled, spilled over. And, you know, there was like the sidewalks and there was like people just like, you know, like shooting up and needles and shitting on the yeah, side. You know, it, there, there's, this is kind of like, and there's obviously Ron Aleva too, who's over in that area. That's right. really been outspoken for a long time. Sure. Sure. And yeah. You know, it's, the, the community has been experiencing impact from since the day the brother Francis shelter opened in about 1982. So even as a child, when I would go to grandma's house on Third Avenue, I remember, you know, seeing uh, one of my one of my most distinct memories was seeing um, one man walk down the street in the winter, um, dig a hole in the snowbank directly across the street from my grandma's house, shove his liquor bottle in it and bury it and head down the hill to the shelter. And then just moments later, another man coming by. Grabbed him. Yeah, exactly. You know, Classic. Yeah, undigging it, taking his bottle, and, and off, off he went with it. But that's, yeah, that's, I probably went back the next day and was like, fuck. Yeah, exactly. Where's my booze? That's, where's my booze, right? Well, somebody watched him and, and took off with it. But, but so, so we, you know, commun- you know, problems to that neighborhood and that, that, that part of the community is, you know, it's nothing new. It's been going on for over 35 years, 40 years. Um, however, it's sort of... Uh, it originally sort of peaked and came to a head um, in 2019, um, and in, in, into the beginning of 2020, right as COVID was hitting. It was it, that's, that's it, when we did our first video in 2019. I remember yeah. talking to, like I said, all the people I mentioned before, and and you know there was like somebody dumped a car off at Pip with a note that was like, you know, if you fuck with me, I'll kill you or whatever yeah, it's, don't, he said. Yeah, and, don't don't mess with my car, or whatever. And they don't. And so John was like, oh, well, I best guess I better not mess with it because I don't want to get stabbed or whatever. Um, but yeah, so it was, that was sort of, I, I think we, we sort of peaked originally in spring of 2020, right? As COVID was hitting a massive, um, homeless, um, encampment surfaced along the fence line of third and Ingra on the native hospital site at that point in time. We went down there for the video. Um, and if you go to like, there's a fence and then if you kind of, there's like a little almost trail and you go down mm-hmm. yeah. and, and there was a lot, I mean, there was a whole right network of, yeah. of tents down there and then. Um, some people were there, some people weren't there, but I mean, these were like long established. They, they didn't sure. get set up like two weeks ago, you know? No, no. Yeah. So, so shortly after, uh, sort of, you know, the beginning of COVID and nobody really knew what was going on. Um, this, this, this camp grew and grew and, um, and it became very unsafe in the neighborhood. Drug, you know, drug dealers had moved in and they were sort of um, acting intimidatingly right and you know my wife was scared to go down there by herself and i you know i had to escort her down there um but uh the the neighborhood actually ended up doing you know we ended up picketing the 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 campsite and forcing um then mayor ethan berkowitz to do something about it when did this ended up abating it when did this third avenue radicals group form um summer of 2018 is when we um one of our our members his name's uh jim um, he went around and started meeting the other neighbors and through his process of outreach uh, between the property owners, um, that was how we sort of started communicating and, and a more cohesive group started to form. I remember that one, uh, I think he might have moved, but Darl. Yeah. He yeah. had that um, kind of board he made that was almost like a piece of art, but mm-hmm. it was comprised of all the stuff he found. And there was like booze, bullets, needles, like it was a whole big, it was probably it, like, you know, three Two, yeah, two feet big, by two feet or something. Art that, he, art that he built. And it was just stuff he found by in front of his uh, business, right, over the oh, years. Well, on his property, yeah, people that was thrown over his fence because he owned the property directly uh, across from um, 
at the corner of Third and Carlock. So yeah, that like events planning business, right? Right, right. Yeah, business, he yeah. he was one, he was he was the the signature event planner, um, really in Anchorage. I mean, he did all the big charity balls, all that kind of stuff, and uh, you know, and COVID pretty much pretty much put him out of business, right? With no with no events and you know large those types of functions uh, taking place. So, so um, it seems to me it was really bad in, in 18. It got really, um, it was probably the worst in 19. We would, we did our video back then. We, you know, a lot of it f- focused on downtown. Right. COVID happened. And then everybody went to the Sullivan. Yeah. Uh, uh, most, most people went to the Sullivan. So in 2021, when we did our video, our follow-up video, uh, third Avenue looked a lot different. I'll, I'll tell you what, and, and I'm not shy about saying this. I've said it many times. Um, COVID-19 was the single best thing to happen to East Third Avenue, quite frankly. Um, it was it was a night and day difference. The streets were clean. They were quiet. My wife and I weren't picking up 15 gallons of trash just from our own fence lines on a daily basis. It was, it was the way a neighborhood should be, quite frankly. We went down there once in tw- summer of 21, and I remember we had a video, and that third, av- that little... Um, corridor between you know kind of a little road i forget which road it is but it's like between the the shelter or the shelter and then the other road that goes down to the to the jail yeah i think you're, you're carlock yeah you're yeah. talking about the one block of carlock yeah right where everybody kind of and there was like dude it was it was it was pretty clean it was like you said quiet there was a few people there but it was like it was, it was just radically different than right. b- what i had seen before where it was like you know you feel like you're in some part of la or seattle where it's just like Fucking chaos. Yeah, it's um, it, it was a night and day difference, and that lasted. Uh, that really, for the most part, that lasted for about close to three years. I mean, it was because because most of those people ended up in the Sullivan. That's right. And the people that did stay down there were the really the kind of the higher need. So, yeah. People. So so that was actually um, when 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 COVID nineteen hits, um, Brother Francis Shelter shifted their demographic to cater exclusively to the um, either severely di- uh, physically disabled or the elderly that couldn't navigate the Sullivan arena, right? Because mm-hmm. they have to do stairs and things like that. So they, they cut their capacity from 240 general population to 80 people, specifically elderly and an older or disabled demographic. And they also uh, had like some people were in the aviator. There was some hotels too that yeah. took, took some people. So, right. so the, it was definitely dispersed out. Right, right, and and the folks that were le- ultimately left around the Third Avenue area were this, you know, elderly population. And for three years, you know, the the, the typical site was someone, uh, an elderly person, either in their wheelchair, or maybe their walker, shuffling their feet down the street with the cane, and you know, and that was it. I mean, we didn't have any problems. Those, uh, you know, that particular group and demographic, they were you know wonderful neighbors, as far as I'm concerned. If you know, if, if we could have managed to hold on to that demographic at Brother Francis Shelter, that's like winning the homeless lottery, quite frankly, for a neighborhood, mm-hmm. right? I mean, they, they cause no problems. You never even know they're there. Um, it, it was fantastic. And it they're was, also getting, great. you know, because before the shelter was like, you know, so so overcrowded. People are sleeping on the floor. I mean, they're very close. And that's part of, part of the reason they did the Sullivan, because, you, you know, with COVID, you yeah. couldn't have people Social like that close together. Right? So, yeah. so you had you had... Um, I don't know what the capacity is, but but it ended up being much closer to well, like at or below the capacity, whereas before they were like way over capacity, right, especially yeah. in the winter. Yeah, the the building was originally operating at a capacity of two forty, and they cut to eighty 
which is once they social distanced everyone, they could fit 80 people in the Brother Francis shelter. So that was where they were operating. Like I said, I remember we went down there in 21, and it was, it was, it was, I would describe it as night and day. Yeah, yeah just, just very, and the people, we, we talked to people, like you said, we talked to people that were out there and um, old, older people, you know, uh, nice. We, you know, it was, it was just, there was no problems that I, yeah. that I saw. We, we went down there several times. Yeah. Nope. <clears throat> you know, but, and, and that, that was amazing. And it, it lasted for as long as, uh, I guess, as long as the federal dollars lasted, right? And then um, probably about early, I would say early April, mid-April, when they made the announcement that uh, they were going to be shutting down the Sullivan This, Arena. this year this last year? Because last right. year they shut it down, too, and they had the centennial thing. Yeah, we, we, didn't, we saw a little bit of increase in tents on the site last summer, but not... It, you know, n- not like what we're experiencing now. It wasn't like like what we have now. Um, it was with, you know, the majority of those people being being cared for or whatever you want to call it. I know a lot of people call it, would call it, you know, refer to that as a humanitarian crisis, what happened out there at Centennial Park last summer. But Yeah, I mean, I was um, out there a couple times. It wasn't... Uh, you, was, I, I, was, I personally was never there. Wasn't, it wasn't great. I mean, it, yeah. it, was, it was cold but, and there yeah. was a, the, you know, there was a horrible shooting deal right, and then right. it was just there was some bears and i mean it was it was i think it was pretty poorly thought out sure sure um but you know that aside you know i'm sort of jumping to this summer um you know last summer a little bit of impact not huge um yeah and I, I should say right now the reason we're talking is because you've been sending like i said you've been sending these emails for the last month to the mayor and the assembly right and you didn't do that at all i didn't see you do that at all last summer no it we didn't we didn't have the problems last year you know we, we didn't have the crime we didn't have the community impact that we're that we're currently experiencing um and all of this sort of started we, we started to see the camps grow mid mid-april when people started to choose to leave the Sullivan arena willingly knowing that it was about to close um but it really it really took off may one when when they really you know when when capacity when they when they shut the the shelter down the Sullivan Arena down to 90 folks or whatever and pushed which i don't know 300 people i'm not i'm not even entirely sure how many people were it's probably about right yeah i think it was Um, about 400 total something somewhere around there so but you know by the time you know within the last week or so i think ultimately 300 people migrated out of that facility um if i'm not mistaken but um and that that was when all of these people started to surface in cuddy park and uh the native hospital site and the uh and cuddy park was actually i I haven't seen much in the news about the third avenue i've seen your your emails but cuddy park was obviously covered because of that music festival right so they wanted to clear people out of there for the music festival and then now there's this other have you been following this uh pallet company they want to build like a Temporary shelters sure. that are not, sure. not meant to be long term, but right, right, and you know maybe maybe in some part of me thinks maybe that might be it's better than the Centennial Park, but but my 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 worry is that's going to turn into a more permanent deal, and right. Well, and and even if because um, even the company I went to their website and I, I I read their stuff and they have a video and they they're very like um, clear and adamant. This is not long term. This is not housing. This is transitory. This is transitional. This is to like get people into a place where they can. Lock a you know have a door they can lock they can get into permanent you know housing but they they're very clear this isn't like a permanent solution but my concern is it's going to turn into a, basically a permanent situation right um, I don't I, I don't know what to say about that but uh, what I can say is um, you know the 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 
the assembly brought on this, you know, this um, sanction camp task force, right? And I think that they've done a lot of great work. It just isn't feasible to provide any sort of relief or implementation this season. I think that the work that they've done is uh, very admirable. I think they've done great work, hard work. And uh, I think that there's a lot of value in what they've put together, um, but it's for the the, future. Doesn't it frustrate you, though? I mean, it frustrates me as somebody who lives here for almost 20 years, and I've been covering this stuff for, you know, the last five years. It just never, it's like there's always fucking meetings, and there's task forces, and there's, and and I I don't want to put you on the spot because I know you're working with these folks, but... It's like, it just doesn't get better, you know? It just gets no, worse. It, it just keeps getting worse. It, no, I agree. And, you know, and, and I've, this summer has sort of pushed, uh, it's pushed me to my breaking point. It's pushed my wife to her breaking point. Um, you know, the, the, the things that we're experiencing on a daily basis. And I'm, I'm, I've, I, I mean, I'm, I'm flat out disgusted and, and exhausted and so, frustrated. So how many tents are you seeing? Because I, I haven't really been down there yet, but I'm going to go. But, I mean, you, you've talked about, you know, your, your wallet, your car got broken into, your wallet was stolen, you know, BB gun, uh, yeah, windows, windows broken out, BB guns, out BB uh, guns, trash, harassment. Um, so just describe kind of what, what so is I, happening right now today, sure, like sure. You know, this so, week. You know, a, a couple of weeks ago. So when tents started to, to show up and uh, we weren't providing or receiving any sort of support from the municipality, um, it became very clear to me that. Uh, I needed to do something to try and protect the reputation of my vacation rental business that my wife and I have worked so hard to build uh, over the last six years. And so I started actively going out, walking the tents, introducing myself, telling people who I was, offering them. I had a roll of trash bags in one arm and a box of latex gloves under the other and offering them trash bags and gloves and saying, you know, um, you're here. This is my neighborhood. And we need to figure out how to, you know, if you're going to be in this neighborhood, I'm asking you respectfully, please respect it, police your trash, help keep this place clean because it shouldn't be my responsibility to pick up after you. Uh-huh. And, and I tried to do it. In, and, and these are basically just for the folks listening, I don't know, 500 feet from your, uh, oh, oh, or closer or, or even less. Okay. Yeah. Less than, you know, in some cases, hundred feet across the street. Okay. Um, yeah. I mean, they're directly across the street. When you look out the living room window of our vacation rentals, that's, you know, that's what you see. And, um, and for the most part, it was, um, you know, my approach was, uh, pretty positively received and I would go over there pretty much daily offering trash bags, doing my rounds, introducing myself, and um, how are you and, and how, counting ten, and counting tents every how, day? I was doing a, de- a tent count. How are you re- like received by my, most? Pretty well for the most part. Pretty well, yeah. And um, some some more than others, but it it generally was was going pretty well. And um, you know, but I was also daily watching the tents go from twelve to twenty to twenty five to thirty to forty five, and we we hit about. Um, we hit about 75, may, maybe high 60s, low 70s. And this is um, the area where the old Native Hospital was that's located, right. Right, right on 3rd yeah. Avenue yeah. across. Yeah, direct, directly across. Um, and, and that was the time, right about then is when the actual abatement of Cuddy Park started. And, um, and let me guess, those folks started coming down there. All, all of those folks, they had to go somewhere, right? They, they needed a place. They, they have to exist somewhere. And we... Uh, it, it, in in the matter of ten days, we jumped from 
65 or 70 tents to well over 100 in in days. Holy shit. And um, when once it had grown to 100 tents, it was no longer feasible for me to even try and keep track of, you know, or to build relationships with who was there or even, you know, my, my approach, the, the site had grown beyond the capacity of my approach, quite frankly. And um, so we're, we're now well over the, I stopped counting at a hundred tents. I haven't counted since I couldn't begin to tell you. This how was last tents. week. This, this was two weeks ago. Um, and it's, I, I mean, I can tell you just from visually looking at it, there's easily another 20 or 30 tents since I stopped. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to have to come down this week and cause, cause we were, um, I was in Juneau and then, you know, I was back and I went to my reunion, high school reunion. Right. But Scott and I have been talking about, um, doing another video okay. and, and my thoughts are instead of like, what do we do? I think we're kind of past that. It's just like, it's been four years since our first video. Here's what's fucking going on. Right. It's, it's all worse. So, and we, we just want to like show it because I mean, there's people now that have reached out to me because people know we cover this stuff and there's mm-hmm. been like tents, uh, and people kind of panhandling on Huffman and, mm-hmm. you know, so it's, it's, it's gotten like, it's, it's gone <laughs> further out to places that typically haven't really been, been seen. It's usually downtown, midtown. So there's folks that have been experiencing this or seeing this stuff in, in South Anchorage and you know, right. deep South Anchorage. Right. Right. <clears throat> well, so here's what I can, here's what I can tell you about what's going on down there right now. Um, you know, we've, we've, we've grown to, Probably over 120 tents, uh, a couple dozen cars, multiple RVs, um, bike chop shops, um, drug dealing, fist fights in the streets. I mean, it, it's chaos. It's absolute chaos. As you said, two days ago, um, I had my truck ransacked, my wallet stolen. I've had my, my building was just graffitied yesterday. Last night I wasn't at the assembly meeting because my wife and I were downtown scrubbing graffiti off of. Yeah, our I building. saw I saw the pictures you sent uh, right. last night to the and um, and th- this hor- is horrible. Just yeah, horrible. this this is the stuff. Yesterday alone, I submitted three online police reports to APD in one day. Three reports. It's um it, it's it's absolute insanity. It really is, and we've been um we we've been reaching out to the mayor's office to the assembly to APD to code enforcement. And every single time pretty much we speak to any of these different organizations within our government or divisions, um, we're, we're sort of, uh, met with the same answer that, um, we're very sympathetic, but there's just nothing we can do. You, in one of the emails you had described, somebody had built, uh, like a pallet structure, structure of pallets. Like, right. I don't so, know if it's somebody, someone you, you could, you could live in or stay in, but it was basically some kind of structure that was created. It's, right. So, the, so, and it's, it's actively being built right now on the east end of the lot near third and Ingra. And, um, and it's, um, I don't even really know how to describe it quite frankly, because it looks like just this very strange random tower of wood, quite frankly. <laughs> um, it doesn't seem to have a, a designated purpose or shape. Um, but it was reported to code enforcement and one of the senior code enforcement officers came out and did a walk around and they concluded that because it didn't have a designated purpose or uh, for whatever reasons, 
it didn't meet the criteria for them to take action and that there was nothing that they could do in its current state. So a structure that's been built up on a pallet on municipal land, they can't, they're, uh, they're, they're, they're saying sorry. They're, they're saying sorry. Yeah. They're, they're, so apparently you can go out and you can build whatever you want on municipal land and code enforcement will just throw up their hands. That's, that's essentially what's happening. So there's that, and then we talked about the break-in and the graffiti, and, and, and so have you seen people, like, using drugs or, like, shooting up, or have you, have you seen well, uh, you know, deal, the, deals the, happen? or yeah, Street deals and stuff, but, you know, gen- generally most of the actual, you know, using of the drugs is happening inside the tents, right? They're not out in, uh, you know, they're not out on the sidewalk shooting So how's, up, how's this affecting your, your business and so your, your guests? I mean, are you seeing, this, are people saying, hey, you know, I haven't looked, but, you know, hey, great. Great, great place, but the fucking situation across the street, I'm not, I'm never staying there again. Or. Right. So th- that's, that's, that's the single most concerning thing, um, you know, for my wife and I is the reputation of our business and the safety of our guests. And, and quite frankly, for me, the safety of my wife, because in 2019, she left her day job in orthodontics to, to, to run, to, to help run our business. And so this is her full-time source of income. And, uh, you know, we, we, we made a decision several years ago to go all in for her on this. And we sacrificed, you know, her income um, to grow the business. And uh, so it's, it's very concerning to us that, you know, we've, we've made a significant investment. We've, we've leveraged ourselves heavily in, in this business. And, um, and now we've got this situation where, um, it's, it's very concerning for how guests are going to respond. And we've been, we've actually been, we've been very proactive about, um, uh, having communications with our guests, having conversations with them, explaining the situation. We actually, uh, I drafted a pretty, uh, elaborate and descriptive letter, uh, that every guest is welcomed by on the dining room tables when they check into one of our spaces and it tells them exactly what happened and why all these people are directly across the street. I mean, I mean, this sounds horrible, um, but I mean, I guess maybe one of the, the saving graces, it's, it's so tight here for how, for housing in the summer for tourism that, I mean, <laughs> I mean well, that's maybe the only good thing. It's like, I mean, people need a place to stay and, and there's hotels are capacity and they're expensive. So, well, and it's, you know, it's not, uh, you know, our, our calendars have been very full for a while. I mean, we're, we're mostly sold out for the entire summer. Um, but it's, as you point out, how are these people going to respond? How are they going to react? What are they, how are they going to rate their, their experience? And these are the things that allow us to stay in business beyond the next 90 days. Have you seen an impact Um, this, this year, the, the bookings or the, like the, the ratings, Um, more like the capacity or the bookings or, you know, like, you know, the, the occupancy. No, because, you know, most of our calendar, our calendars were pretty full even before this crisis started. Mm -hmm. So it's, um, it hasn't it hasn't impacted bookings over you know these next over the core ninety days of the of the summer season, but it's going to potentially impact my ability to bring in new business beyond you know the, the end of August. So that that's where the impact. What, what do you guys happens. typically um, do in the fall and the in the you know winter and the spring? I know you're busy in the summer, but what, what about the other? Uh, anywhere from seventy five to ninety percent occupancy per month. So it, it depends but. all year round. Um, in the winter months, we, you know, we, we run 95 plus in the summer mm-hmm. and that might drop down to as low as 75 in the winter months. And I assume the rates of, probably go down. Yeah. And, and of course rates, rates drop as well. Um, but you know, we've, we've had to make, um, 
we've had to make some personal sacrifices to be more present on the property uh, and to, to have these opportunities to interact with our guests and patrol the property and keep people away from the property, quite frankly. Um, I've, I've just recently, well, Monday was, it, it just started Monday. I've taken a 10 week personal unpaid leave of absence from my day to my daytime job, my yeah, engineering I, job. I saw that. Uh, in your, your right. Last, that's, last email. That that's a, a pretty significant loss in personal household revenue. Um, because when my mom, when my mom, when my wife comes home and she's expressing to me that she's concerned for her safety, um, that's that's just not acceptable. Um, she when when I was at home because I work from home now. Um, when I was at home one day, she had an interaction with someone with a trespasser on our property who got very um, aggressive and one is yelling and screaming profanity at her and she refused to leave the property. And uh, my wife had to uh, engage with APD and APD had the person remove the person from the property. These are things that I don't want my mm-hmm. wife to ever have to deal with. Yeah. I don't, right? yeah, I don't these, blame you. These are situations that I handle, not her. And, um, and they do happen on occasion, not, not very frequently, however, more frequently this summer. Um, and so, so we're, you know, we're, we're making personal sacrifices, um, stepping away, you know, I'm stepping away from, from my responsibilities at my, at my day job for 10 weeks. Um, we actually just, just yesterday made the decision to, uh, close our business, um, until September one for, uh, all new bookings. So we're, we're no longer accepting any new bookings, um, at least until the first of September, because I can't, in good conscience, um, come on shows like this r- that I'm talking to you right now, publicly advocating for community safety while simultaneously um, taking in, you know, b- bookings and bringing in more more tourists to stay on my property. I just mm-hmm. can't do that in good conscience, right? I can't, I can't know, you know, know that that we're in a situation that needs to be addressed and, and continue to bring in more business. And so we've made the decision to, to close all unsold nights for the remainder of um, June, July, and August uh, b- because of, of the current situation. So that's another, you know, so that will, that will be an economic impa- impact. So, so that's an economic <clears throat> impact. Do, do you um, worry? Um, do you worry at all that you could become become like Ronald Ava where his business was basically just destroyed by the stuff. And I mean, he's obviously very right, bit, right. bitter and so, jaded. He goes to well, the assembly meetings and he's a little bit out there, but I mean, I, part of me always feels for him because you know, he had the, the auction deal and, yep. and just, he just really, um, so, I think it kind of ruined his, his business. I, I'll tell you, um, my, my family's known the Oliva family for 50, 40 or 50 years. Right. My actually, my, one of my uncles did all the dirt work for him to prepare his pad when he opened his business in 1982 so we've you know family members have known each other for a long time um in recent weeks uh based on the things that i'm experiencing and the stresses that both my wife and i are experiencing um quite frankly it's not hard to see um what happened to ron in my opinion right i mean i I, it's it's you know it's it's easy to for me to sort of sympathize or understand when you take this abuse for so many years um maybe a little part of you kind of kind of snaps just a little bit you know what i mean Uh Uh, i mean i don't want to you know i don't want to 
paint Ron in a bad light because he's actually one of the kindest, most generous men no, no, I've I, ever met. I like Ron, um, but I think if anybody watches this stuff, I mean, he he, you know, he has he gets he, he he's gets, very eccentric. He gets right? very um, um, animated sometimes. Yeah. And, and but like I said, part of me just knowing what's happened to him over the years, and you know, he he really got raked raked to the, the the mud when he did the the bleach thing yeah, years ago, yeah. and and you yeah, know yeah. that wasn't right. But no. Nope. Um, I, it's just like when you feel like the whole world's against you, right? And everything you do, no, nothing you do could make it better. Um, I think you do start to kind of lose it. Yeah, yeah. No, I. And I, he's like the nicest. We just talked to him. If you see him out, you know, somewhere and talk to him, he's like the nicest guy. You could tell he's oh, a yeah. nice guy. Well, and he's, you know, he's he's routinely um, stopped by and said, "Hey, you need anything? Whatever, let me know. I'm I'm here to help you. You need me to come up here with my." Bobcat or, you know, he's offered to bring his forklift up here to help me do things around my property as I've been, been renovating it and stuff. So yeah, incredibly kind man. Um, but yeah, it's, it's easy to see when you take that level of abuse for an extended period of time, um, it takes a toll on you. And, um, it's, uh, you know, it's funny that you asked this question because just last night, as I mentioned, you know, last night, I wasn't at the assembly meeting because my wife and I were down scrubbing graffiti off of our shot up building. And, um, as we, uh, got in the car and we started to drive away, um, my wife started crying and, um, sorry, it's, this is difficult. Um, no, but, I, I don't, I don't, you know, I totally you understand. Know, and, and, um, you know, she said, I'm trying to be strong. I'm trying to keep it together. Um, but, I'm getting pushed to my breaking point Said I don't want to come downtown anymore. I don't want to come to our business. Um, you know, it's, um, it's, it's, it's taking, it's taking a toll on all of us. I mean, I, I don't have the luxury of, you know, I, I have to stay strong. I don't have the luxury of, of, you know, you know, buckling or, or mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it. But, um, but when, when I see how this is affecting my wife, um, that, that makes me very angry, quite frankly. Um, you know, and it's, I want to well, do whatever should. I can do to protect her and keep her safe. And she should never be in a situation where she doesn't even want to go to her own business. Um, so that's, it's terrible. It's despicable, quite frankly. And, and no one seems to be doing absolutely anything about it. So what do you, what do you, you know, I don't, I don't even know the answer to this. I have some thoughts, but what do you see happening in the next three to six months? Because, you know, it's, it's nice now it's summer, but shit in a few months it's going to start getting you know cold and before you know it it's going to be you know snow on the ground again right well so you know we've been as you point out you know i've been sending emails every time an event happens i'm sending emails to all of our city leaders i'm ceasing the media and um you know i intend to use these next 10 weeks when i'm um, on unpaid leave for my day job to go to every single possible meeting. I'm going to step in front of every single news camera that'll speak to me. I'm going to go on every single radio show or podcast um, and, and be heard and spread the message that something needs to be done. Um, that the chaos, the crime and chaos that's happening on East third Avenue is completely unacceptable. And, and it's going to be my personal mission every waking moment to beat this drum as loudly as possible until something happens. I don't, um, you know, we need, we need, whether it's personal, uh, private security or APD, resources absolutely must be allocated at, at Third and Ingram, period. I mean, they, the city has done nothing, but they've brought in two dumpsters and two porta potties 
big whoop de doo right? I mean, that doesn't help anybody. So, I mean, they've, um, they've basically, they've essentially sanctioned it and said, hey, well, yeah. here, once it's, they start bringing in things like that, which I guess you could argue that it's better to have them than, than not, but once those things get dumpsters and porta bodies, that's, 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 that, that act says, okay, you can be here. It's, it's, a, it's a 100% unsupervised, unmanaged, sanctioned camp, essentially. That's what we have at 3rd and Ingra, and it's pure chaos. And the neighborhood is taking a massive toll. The neighborhood how are, toll. The property owners are taking a toll. The businesses are, you know, the reputations are taking a toll. And, um, you know, it's, meanwhile, we're, we're watching this impact to our, to our businesses and our property values. And, and the city expects us to write big property checks at the end of this month and, you know, whenever the mm-hmm. next payments do. And quite frankly, I'm at the point where it's like, Am I going to write you a $14,000 check this year? I don't know. I mean, you know, it, why should I, quite frankly? Why should I have to pay property taxes when you're, this is what's happening and that you're, 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 you're doing absolutely nothing to, to prevent it or, or curb it, um, to call the chaos? It's, it's not right. I mean, I, I think that every single property owner on East Third Avenue should be entitled to a 100% property tax abatement this year. Our, our, um, I haven't talked to him, but like John from Pit Printing or other folks that are, I, mean, are they, I assume they're experiencing identical things you are? So, so yeah, so John at Pit Printing, um, Pit Printing had one of their uh, delivery vans stolen right out of their parking lot. I mean, they were actively loading or unloading it out the back, and psh, someone jumped in their van, and off it went, I guess. Is recently? Yeah, this is couple weeks ago i mean since you know since all of this has has started to take place so yeah i mean i've i've experienced a variety of things um you know john's experiencing um the typical things public you know or defecation in his port in his entryways of his business trash he had his van stolen one of their delivery vans stolen i mean these are things um another business owner reported that someone had snuck into their warehouse and was uh sleeping in a back room or something and they went to leave for the night and noticed the light was on and found this person camped out in a, in a back room of their warehouse that they had no idea was there. Um, it's, it's, it's pretty crazy. Um, I mean, you, you think about this and all these people concentrated in this essentially, you know, unmanaged camp and the businesses are nearby and the, and the, even some people live nearby. I mean, it's just a matter of time before something bad happens. Yeah. And it's like, who's responsible for that? Right. Right. Yeah. No. I. I agree. It's I mean, ultimately, ultimately the person is, but but who's you know when, when you say, here you go, have fun. Right. And and there's drugs and there's alcohol and it's only a matter you know, of time it's a matter before, time before we have another shooting. I think somebody just got shot here. You know, there was somebody that got. I saw an article. Somebody was in. I think South Anchorage. I got shot. They were laying down. Who knows what happened? But yeah. it's it's like you breed these conditions where people just something happens and then. I, you know, no, who's going to take responsibility? Sure. You know, and, and uh, no one's taking responsibility. You know, I, I don't, I don't fully know, obviously I don't fully know or understand the dynamic between, you know, what's going on between the mayor and the assembly, but, um, I mean, it's but, been, but it's, it, it, something has to change, right? I mean, uh, it's, it's pretty obvious that the navigation center, ba- it, that the assembly has no intention of funding the navigation center. I mean, they just pushed it off to, August to even discuss. I mean, the, and, and the, the 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 kind of crazier part is, uh, Bronson got elected in twenty one. It's already twenty three. He's been two years in, um, and there's already people running. Two people have already filed again. I mean, there's right. a, an election in April, so 
now everything that, that happens or doesn't happen is going to be in the, in the lens of like this election. Right. So anything he was going to do or accomplish is not going to happen. Right. And the assembly, all they're doing right now is, is they're, they're having this meeting in July to do this, this sanctioned, uh, I guess call it camp. Yeah, it's a pilot. Company, company yeah, this, called Pallet that yeah, makes yeah. these little pre- prefabricated. So, so that's the other thing about this whole, you know, they, they started out with this massive five, six site, whatever proposal from the, from the um, sanction camp uh, task force. And I, I guess now they're calling it allowed camps or something. They've changed the, the verbiage a little bit. They're not using the word sanctioned anymore, but um, to, to think that you're going to come along and, um, Put, put in 30 of these little pallet houses, which was the original proposal, 30 of these little pallet houses that sleep a maximum of two people. Um, you're going to get this thing set up. Um, you're, you're talking about maybe maybe housing 30 to 60 people. Um, we have an estimated 700 people living on the streets of Anchorage right now is the most recent number I've heard. So that's less than 10%. I mean, that's there that that's going to provide zero tangible and, and some and some people and you know we've I've spent a lot of time out and I sit at the Sullivan Arena but I've gone to these camps I've been out there I've talked to these people and a lot of these people you know readily admit they don't want to be in any, any kind of structured no they don't want to be in the Sullivan they don't want to be in a place where there's any kind of rules no nope. so there, there there is a segment of of these folks who live outside that just want to be left alone and they want to be in situations where there's no structure and you know that that's another problem that that I think requires starts to require law enforcement right and if, it, and if, if you're just not willing to take help and if you're not willing to to, to, to follow any rules and you're going to be outside and you're going to you know inter- interfere with whether it's the trails or whether it's you know just i mean i was downtown you know a few weeks ago and it's like i get out of my car i park and I'm, right away somebody hits me up for money i walk around the corner somebody's sitting there i mean it's like damn you know we all live here right so that's one thing that's um one thing that's particularly troubling for those of us on East Third Avenue is that we recognize that, you know, there's there's so many different groups and demographics that make up this general population, but many of them are just young, able-bodied criminals, quite frankly, and you know they, they live amongst the homeless, they um, they hide in the tents, they're sheltered under the protections of Martin V. Boise and the and the MOA's fear of taking action. And, uh, and they, and they prey on people in well, and, and, neighborhoods and, and they prey on people like me and they steal my wallet. And there's, there's things that can be done that the city isn't doing. Um, there's plenty of crime that is, you know, actionable. There's things that you can do. There's, there's laws on the books that, that you can address these things. It's just no one's choosing well, to. And, uh, and they're and they're, I, I don't know if they're just afraid of, um, of you know being perceived as attacking the home i don't i don't know what the problem is because a lot of these people are just out there stealing bikes and stealing stuff well it's always puzzled me that that mayor dan sullivan was the one who um entered into the consent decree with the aclu over this martin versus boise so for whatever reason he entered into this deal where you know if if you you don't have anywhere to go then you can kind of stay wherever you want but but we in our first video in 2019 we we hate we captured a chop chop over in yeah. close to where I live on Campbell near Campbell Creek uh, by Taku Lake. And it was in our video and there was hundreds of bike tires, bike frames. And we, we were all up on the, and it was a very established camp, you know, like tents that had been there for a long time. There was tools and there was tarps. And I mean, it was a whole established network of tents and ca- camp. Mm-hmm. And we talked to these guys that were, I mean, they talked to us, but they were like, Oh yeah, we just, we, uh, we don't know. We don't, we, we've, 
we found them or they they came here or and it was just it was just clear what was happening. I mean, right. all you have to do is open your you know open your eyes. Right, and and, and, and we and, have one of those exact sites. And then the and then we, we interviewed right the police for the video. We told them about that, and they were like, "Well, you know, we is there a serial number? Is it stolen?" And I mean, I guess they they have to just assume it's other people. It's not the their property because nobody's reported it. Even though it's so fucking crazy that it's like clearly. Right. The, the one guy told us, "Oh, we find these bikes in the in the dumpsters." No, you don't. Yeah. No victim, no crime. Right. So that, that's what that's what they said. And I mean, like I said, there was hundreds of tires. Right. And mini bike frames, and tools, and like a little, um, you know, like one of those tent those tent things you set up for like a Saturday market. You know, mm-hmm. that one of those was set up, and there was like clearly like a little operation going on. Sure. And you know, and and I like I said, we we've got a group of just like that. We've got an operation happening right there on Third and Ingra. I watch these guys roll out on their bikes, you know, almost every single day out on the hunt. You know, they, every day they're riding a different bike. I mean, it's there's around their tent camp site is you know. One day I was out there walking around one morning. I could hear spray paint angle grinders happening inside the tent. I mean, come on, really? Like mm-hmm. electric angle, you know, battery powered angle grinders and, and spray. Cans. Well, I mean, I I'd, I'd, I'd want to you know I want to say I'm optimistic. I want to say things are going to improve, but I don't, I can't say that because the last four years of five years have have showed me that. Things just keep getting worse. Right. Yeah. And I, quite frankly, I think I tend to agree with you. I mean, I don't know. um, I I, honestly, I don't know as a neighborhood, you know, East Third Avenue, where we go from here. But um, I I just think that this is slowly marching towards some sort of illegal action, quite frankly, um, in a a lawsuit against the city. Um, You know, I don't know what that would look like. But but I know if, if this runs me out of business, I'm going to be seeking legal counsel. I mean, wouldn't you? 100. percent So mean, yes, it's it's insane. Well, you met, you already mentioned the tax, property tax abatement, abatement, which uh, you know, we have liability response. But, but yeah, you, so you got to pay money for this. You're you're hurting your business is being impacted. Yeah. I mean, you're you and your wife, and you're the stress. And I, I absolutely think there's there's probably some type of recourse, at least attempt you know attempt to to, right. to, to seek you know judicial. Um, solutions and you know and i think if you if you start to look at a bigger scale across the country neighborhoods just like east third avenue are starting to win these types of lawsuits right um that have been put in situations just like east third avenue that have been victimized for decades that have had you know the the burden of the homeless placed on them for extended periods of time they've they can document a lack of action on behalf of the city um well you look you look at starting to win you look at san francisco i mean they just i forget the name of the mall they just closed this Huge mall, half a billion dollar, you know, because stores were starting to just close. Retail stores were starting to go out because of the, the theft and of the problem. Pe- people are starting to, even in these really kind of progressive cities where it's really bad and they've tolerated it for a long time with the open air drug markets in Seattle and San Francisco and Los Angeles and Portland, even these people are starting to say, what the fuck? Yeah. You know, they're starting to get, get like fed up with it. So, um, maybe, maybe, maybe that will, you know, and there's a mayoral election coming up and, and, know that that could that could have an impact we'll see that's not for a while until april but <clears throat> and there's you know the assemblies it is what it is for now because there's no assembly races next year it's sure not for um two years right right well you know we do have a relative i mean we've got what five new assembly members that have just come mm-hmm. on something like that and then we had a couple you know a couple more um on the previous election cycle so it's it's a much different group than it was you know even just a couple years ago whether or not the their political philosophies or ideology has changed any, you know that I don't 
you know, I can't, can't really speak to that. But Well, I mean, I, w- I want to thank you for coming on here, Rob. I, we know, we've known, known each other for years now, yep. and I'm going to come down there and check it out myself. And you said there's a, a Facebook page. That- right. So uh, so the Third Avenue Radicals um, group, we've got a little Facebook page, of course, like many many groups do. And it's, um, it's the group that I'm going to be, or the page that I'm going to be using to uh, provide the neighborhood and well, the, the people of Anchorage updates. Because I think it's really important that the people of Anchorage be informed as to what is really taking place in uh, at Third Ningra and what's happening in this camp and how it's impacting the neighborhood and the communities and the businesses. And so this is the page that I'm going to be utilizing to push out photos, and I'll probably do, be doing some live streams from it and things like that. Mm-hmm. And so I would um, very much encourage uh, anyone who is uh, listening and utilizes Facebook um, go to the Facebook page, like the page, follow the page, so that that you can you can be informed. Um, and and when you see this stuff, if it angers you and it outrages you, like it should, share these posts. Help us help us get the word out. Uh, you know the the damage that's being done to us, and the and the fact that we're being victimized on a daily basis. And um, and that's um, that Facebook page is Third Avenue Radicals. That's three R D, not the word third so 3rd avenue radicals um so i hope you'll go to that page um like it and uh stay stay in stay in tuned and um you know i i'm here hoping that more people in anchorage will step up and um and join us and and advocate Mm -hmm. for us quite frankly at the assembly and and email your assembly members and email the mayor and show up to the meetings and and let them know that the, the what they've allowed to happen to us is unacceptable and they need to take action well, thanks a lot, Rob, and I mean, I'm glad to hear that. You know, I'm sorry you're taking time off work, but I think people are going to be seeing you in the next sun, sounds like several weeks. So, several uh, meetings so. And, and other meetings. So, yeah, thanks again for so. coming on, and, and I, I really feel for you. I, I feel horrible about about what you're going through, but I'm, I'm glad you're speaking out against it and trying to raise awareness and, and find some way to you know improve things. Thanks, Jeff, so and, thanks. I, and I really appreciate the opportunity to come on here and you know and use this platform. Um, to, to spread our message. So thank yeah, I know. I mean, I'm, I'm happy to. And like I said, we're looking to do another another video this summer potentially. So. Um, I think there's there's a lot of lot of potential or opportunity to go down there and show people what's going on. So thanks again, Rob Couples down there. You got the Couples Cottages and uh, Third Avenue, and appreciate you coming on. Sure thing, anytime, okay. folks. If you have an idea for a podcast or want to do a podcast, get a hold of me and stay tuned for the next one. Landline.